Welcome back, everyone. I'm joined by Noam Raider. She's 24 years old. She's a content creator. And on top of that, she's a first year family medicine resident. Um, she has her own podcast. She does it all. I first found her through her sister, Mitsan, who I've had on the podcast as well. Both ladies are absolutely killing it. And I think I found you through your Instagram. And then I've been watching your TikToks. And for some reason, I'm not in medicine, but watching like your day in the life's as a doctor, it's like weirdly so soothing and so interesting. And so thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to get into your journey. And I think your story and what you're doing is very unlike most you know, doctors. So I'm excited to just hop into it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Sweet. So usually when I start off, before we get into career, I really like to talk about childhood um, and growing up because I feel like those are very fundamental years and like shape your interests and stuff now. What was your childhood like? What would you say your family and friends would describe you as back then? Yeah, that's so interesting. And I totally agree. I think we don't even realize how much those early experiences really do shape us. Um, and I'll get into it kind of briefly, but I think it definitely shaped um, where I am today and my career choices, at least in some sort of like primitive aspect. Of course, you're not super um, analytical at that age. But anyways, um, yeah, I did grow up in Israel. I was born there and I moved to Canada when I was like four, five, four and a half. So I feel like that was a very easy age to move to a new country because I hadn't really like started elementary school or anything yet. Like I was barely speaking Hebrew. So it was just like learning a new language on top of that was not that big of a struggle. And that's something that I think back on as like a super hard pain point. I know compared to some other people who immigrated at an older age, but I feel like there's always the aspect of having parents who don't really speak the language in the country you're in and just like learning a new culture and kind of always growing up feeling like you're kind of like one step behind everyone else, like figuring it out as after your friends are rather than like through your parents and family, if that makes sense. But I feel like something that was super, I guess, pivotal in my childhood was I spent a lot of time like growing up in the medical system, basically as a patient. Um, when I was four, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor and that was right when we moved to Canada. So my family always talks about it as this like amazing, miraculous move that we did because we came here and had such great medical care and I'm totally fine today, but it was just a few years of surgeries, chemo, kind of all that kind of stuff. Um, and in those moments, I would always kind of look to my parents and be like, I'm going to be a doctor when I grow up. And everyone kind of brushed me off because I was literally like five or six. Um, but I guess some part of it stuck with me. Um, and I think it just raised me to see the world in a lot of different lights, because I feel like a lot of us when we're young, we grow up in whatever community we're in, unless you move around a lot, but like just kind of have the same sort of friend groups, lots of families from similar backgrounds live in similar areas. But I think it allowed me to kind of see things from a new perspective from a young age, which I thought was very helpful. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the big, the big thing that happened. But other than that, I was really just a normal kid. Um, but it definitely, I think, impacted kind of my trajectory to today. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And my sister had a similar um, experience. I mean, different, but she's definitely allergic to nuts. She's had like terrible allergies. So she's had close calls even like last year to death just because of her allergies. So she, that was her passion to like mm -hmm. get through into medicine. Was there a specific moment in your life, I guess, older on where you're like, I'm actually going to go through with this? Like, was it in high school where you were setting yourself up for success for university or like what moment were you like, okay, I'm going to go into this? Yeah, for sure. 
So like, yeah, I, I would say I wanted to be a doctor when I was like a little kid, but no one really thought anything of it. I also like, don't think I like totally fit that mold until I like was older. Like I was not the kid who was into science and math. I was always like kind of just okay at them just because school came a little bit easier to me. So I never really struggled with science or math, but I just didn't really care to put my effort into them. I always loved putting my energy more so into creative things like art and writing and reading and stuff like that. And I was also really shy growing up. I think I only really broke out of it like in like high school, maybe middle school. Um, so I kind of like forgot about that dream um, as I got older. But then in like 10th grade, I think I was in science class and we started learning about cancer and kind of what that means. And although I didn't have cancer, I had a brain tumor that was kind of treated like cancer because of its location, but wasn't malignant in the sense that it spread. But I thought it was super interesting to learn about what I had experienced And that kind of reignited that spark and made me care more about these classes. And then once that started, um, I feel like it kind of just snowballed from there. And I kind of set, set my knife into, um, going through with the medical school journey, which is kind of crazy that you have to decide in high school and you don't have to, but I know for a lot of people that kind of is a situation because there's so much you need to do to prepare. But that was, I think like the second moment that reignited that for me. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was about that day, but something just clicked and changed. Well, okay. And yeah, in university, I know you did a quite an accelerated program. So it's three years, I think, or is it four years? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like this is where people often get really confused at how I'm 24 and already in residency, but basically um, in Canada, and I don't think this is the case for the States, although I, I always get confused. It might be, but you don't actually have to finish your undergrad degree to start medical school. You just have to have whatever prerequisites that every specific school set. So some schools have specific courses. Most schools have the MCAT. Other schools have different requirements, whatever it may be. So um, some people apply in second year to start after third year of undergrad if they've already done all the courses in the MCAT that they need. So I kind of applied at that point. So um, kind of the fall of my third year is when I send in my applications, thinking like it'll just be a trial run. I'll create my application. And the next year when I really apply, um, it'll like kind of already be done for me and I'll have some experience, whatever. I really did not think anything of it. Um, I was doing pretty well in undergrad, but like I hadn't been doing research. Like people were, I felt like everyone was a million miles ahead of me, but I know we all kind of feel that way. Um, and then I got an, an invite to interview and I was floored. Um, I only got one invite, one school, and then I interviewed and then I got in. So it was a one-shot deal. I know some people like applied and interviewed everywhere, but that was not the case for me. And obviously super grateful to have started, but it was definitely very quick. And then the second part of it is that in Canada, we also have some medical schools that are three years instead of four years. So you just don't get summers off, which was a journey in and of itself. Um, But you learn to adapt, I guess, to not having time off. But instead of taking those four months off every summer, they squeeze it into three years. Um, So I only did six years total of undergrad and med school rather than the usual like eight. Okay, cool. And when you went from like learning in school with like more like books to putting it into action. Is there, again, I'm not super familiar with it, like that shift of like going into the hospitals and working and do all that stuff. Like, do you remember your first day when you did that? Or did you have any experience during like med school going to the hospitals and working a bit? Yeah, I feel like I was in med school during a really interesting time because I started um, August of 2019. So I had like six or seven months before COVID in person. And 
Um, because my school was an accelerated three-year program, they do try to get us into hospital kind of early on. So we could do like electives a couple of days a month or something to try things out. So I got to do a couple before we were all obviously sent home in March of 2020. And then it was like a very stark transition from like always being on campus with people, going to the hospital, going to classes to just like being at home for the next from March to September. So another like eight or so months. And then they brought us right back in and kind of just threw us into the hospitals without much, I guess, like physical preparation, because normally you would have had some week long rotations leading up to it, kind of easing you in, but we didn't get to do those because of COVID. So it was a very stark, okay, you're sitting in your bedroom for eight hours a day, staring at a screen. And now you are working in the hospital with patients for 10 hours a day. So it was definitely a tough transition. And those first few months were definitely very rocky. It's really crazy to see how quickly people adapt and how flexible we are and how we learn to just work with our environments and deal with our um, areas where we lock in and work on our strengths. And I feel like eventually I found my groove, but I know it's an experience that a lot of students at the time, and even if you're not in med school share of just like jumping back into the real world after kind of being in this fake in between world during the pandemic for eight months was definitely a transition. Yeah. 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 And what do you do now like when you have super long days? How do you turn it off? Cause I'm, I'm assuming that you have some days can be quite emotionally taxing for work. And then when you go back home, are the people that are in your inner circle, are they also in medicine or are they in other like areas of your life? Like how do you kind of unwind? Um, especially if some of your people are in medicine as well. Yeah, I think it's super important. I found for myself to have a mix. I feel like it's probably like a 50-50 mix for me of people who are really doing like the exact same thing as I am, or maybe they're not in the same specialty as me, but like in the same stage of me as residency, my friends from med school who I've kind of gone through all those processes with, but also have people who are like completely unrelated, completely disconnected to the field in general, because having my friends who have gone through these experiences with me is so crucial. And like having that support system during medical school was everything to have people to debrief and have people who understand what, what it's like, because it's easy. Like it's, it's easy to explain kind of like what the day-to-day is like, but you can't really experience the culture of a profession or a community, et cetera, without really being in it. And I feel like medicine kind of feels like its own world sometimes. So I think it's super important to have those people to debrief with, but then also have a lot of friends and family who don't really know anything about it. And you can just come to and not feel the need to like talk about your day and what you did and they can care and be interested, but also be able to still have those other parts of you to kind of lean into. I know Sometimes it definitely is very important after a long day to kind of talk through it and hash through those really difficult emotions. But I know definitely for myself, often what I need, at least initially, is to just disconnect from it. And Mm -hmm. then maybe a few days later, when I'm ready to talk about it, reach out to someone who I feel like I can talk to, whether they understand it or not. But um, I think it's really important to not disconnect yourself from the outside world when you're in such a busy profession. And I know that doesn't mean just for medicine as well. Like it can feel really isolating if you do and feel like that's what you need to do. But it's been really important to kind of have that life outside of medicine to, to lean on when things get a little rough. Totally. Yeah. So do you think you'll like, what's kind of your form of like escaping, escaping out of it? I know that you like, you obviously have to face it eventually, but um, what's your way to just kind of cope with it? If it's like a really, really hard day and you're like, I can't face this. Where do you go to like escape it? 
Yeah. I mean, I think if I need to like first step away from it, always like working out or moving my body in some way always helps me do that. Like going to a workout class after a really long day at the hospital is like the best feeling ever, especially like a good spin class with a good playlist. Like just forget about everything and just like let out that um, those difficult emotions, even if you're not really thinking about them at the time, but just like physically letting them out, I feel like feels really good. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I'm having a, a particularly tough time, I do usually need to kind of debrief it with someone mm-hmm. um, and not just keep it bottled up. But I think it's a mix again of like finding those distractions and kind of cathartic releases, but also facing those emotions. If you kind of just brush them under the rug, they usually just bubble up and boil over a few days later. Yeah. And how how has content creation affected your medical career and kind of vice versa? How have they intertwined even? I started my page like just before the pandemic, but I wasn't really taking it seriously, just kind of like posting like here or there, whatever kind of came up. But then we were sent home and I had so much more free time suddenly that I haven't had in years. So I feel like that's what kind of led me to really commit to it. And then as I went back to real life, I already had built this community and started to be really passionate about it. And then I kept going from there. But I definitely had a lot of... I definitely had a lot of doubt and hesitation at the beginning because kind of like you mentioned before, it's not something we often see in medicine. There's, I find, unfortunately, a lot of pressure to say, well, this medicine is my entire life and I'm so grateful to have gotten in, to be here, that like I shouldn't be distracting myself with other things. And this whole concept of quote unquote professionalism and mm-hmm. what that is said to mean, although I don't really agree with those often definitions of things like you shouldn't be sharing into your personal life. You shouldn't be vulnerable talking about your own struggles. You shouldn't be wearing certain clothing or doing certain things in your outside time. And that's a whole different conversation to get into. But I definitely was very nervous at first, but I knew that when I was and en- was entering medical school or when I was a pre-med or even before that, I remember like looking up on like on social media, I'd look up like medical student, whatever, like trying to find um, content creators or influencers, everyone to put it in the medical field or not even the medical field, but even like lawyer or CEO or just someone who is a woman who is doing these kick-ass things, but also showing that she is able to have a life outside of medicine. And if she's older, that she was still able to start a family and have kids and have that personal life if that's what she wanted. And it was so few and far in between. And I think that there's definitely more now, but I knew how much I was really wanting that role model to look up to and I couldn't find it. And especially not coming from someone who had family members in medicine or kind of doing really anything related to medical fields. I genuinely didn't know if it was possible. And I feel like I just kept reminding myself of that, that even if for like one person, they see that I'm in the medical field and I'm still able to maintain my life outside of it and maintain my wellness and my relationships. And if that convinces them to also pursue their dream career, then it'll be worth it, even if there's backlash. And it definitely has been along the way, but I think a more importantly, it's been overwhelmingly positive. And also just so many, like you kind of um, mentioned in your question, like so many ways they've intersected as well and ways that having this platform has helped my career. Like Mm -hmm. I spoke about my social media platforms in my residency interviews. It was on my CVs. I've gotten research opportunities from it. I've networked with other doctors. 
um, learned about certain specialties and ways that I can take my career and really being in a position, I think is being a leader for your community. And that can look like within your practice, but it can also look like on the bigger scale. Um, so I think that everything has its challenges, but it really has been an amazing journey and definitely worth it. I think in the long run. Yeah, no, no, that's amazing. I don't think like, I mean, I'm not too sure of any other female doctor creators that are also like content creators. I think the only one that I can think of, oh man, it's not a female, but it's like Ali Abdal. And I know he's not a doctor anymore, but like, maybe that was the first wave of like doctor content creators coming together. And like, I used to watch him all the time, but then he decided to like put that career aside. And for you, like, have you ever had any doubts of wanting to stay in medicine or stay in content creation? Like, is there a point where it gets too much to maybe do both or do you just kind of navigate life as it hits you? Yeah, I think the one the one thing that's really tricky, I think, honestly, probably one of the hardest parts about medical school and it still applies to residency is that you rotate through kind of every specialty, especially in medical school, you kind of have to go through all of them. And you're basically starting like a new job every two to four weeks, which is its own journey. Um, But you're not going to like everything. And there's such a big variety of things you can do in medicine. Like you could be a pediatric cardiac surgeon and you can be like, I'm going to be like a family doctor. And those are like two completely different scopes of work. Your day-to-day life looks completely different. Your hours look different, what you do, the things you learn about, the people you talk to. There were definitely rotations that I was on, um, and a lot of them were earlier on in medical school, which made it more difficult that I didn't really enjoy, didn't really feel like I fit in with, um, and I feel like during that time, I definitely had a phase of, like, what am I doing? Like, especially because now that I had this other thing that I was really excited about and passionate about, and I could see myself building into my career, which was content creation, like, am I really going to put myself through this really difficult job that I don't enjoy when I could just do this other thing or do anything else, because I think some people enter medicine and they're like, the only thing I can do in life is be a doctor. And otherwise life has no meaning. Life has no meaning. And that really was never me. Like I'm very passionate about what I do, but I think I can be happy doing a lot of things and you can find meaning in your day-to-day life as well. But then I started doing rotations that I actually enjoyed and aligned with my beliefs and working with people who have similar values and value work-life balance. And that definitely does exist and everything kind of fell into place. Um, but I think everyone in medical school, at least at one point, debates dropping out. Like we all joke about it, but it's true. Everyone has one point, at least one, where they debate dropping out. But I can confidently say that I'm happy that I didn't because I think as you progress in your career, you gain that confidence to set those boundaries and make it work with your lifestyle. And it's busy for sure. Some weeks, like I have no idea how I'm going to film this campaign that I'm doing, or I haven't posted on social media in a week. If you want to make it work, you do. And um, it's just really about doing things you enjoy and both are careers that I'm really passionate about. So you just make it work. But yeah, I'd be lying to say that it was always easy. For sure. Yeah. And I'd love, so I I think you'd mentioned on social media that you're in a relationship, um, like a long-term relationship. How do you navigate that with so many things going on I know you know a lot of people have things going on but particular in medicine and also consecration they're quite demanding um career so I'd love to know if he's also in medicine if not like how do you guys have those like that quality time together um while also doing all these things for sure I remember when I started medical school, I was in a relationship, not the one I'm currently in. Yeah. And I remember like most of my friends or most of the people I'd met were also in relationships. And we were talking to people like a year or two above us and they were all like, oh, don't worry. 
everyone here is going to break up with their partner sometime in first year. And we're like, okay, no, we're not like, come on, whatever. But that literally happened. Like I remember it was like January of that year. So it was pre-pandemic we're still in person. And there was like an exodus of breakups because a lot of these relationships that were working before their partner was in medical school crumbled for various reasons that have to do with medical school. I think it's, a lot of people are very busy in life. Like I feel like a lot of us are busy in our twenties, but in medicine, you just don't really have that same autonomy over like your schedule and your daily life and the things you can do. Um, and it does definitely require sacrifice on your partner's end. Like it's a lie to say that it doesn't. Um, and I think that most of these relationships ended for, ended for good reasons. And a lot of people got back into new relationships in medicine. And I think the common thread is really just having a partner who is supportive and understanding and knows that you're not always going to be able to come to all of their friends, like birthday parties on the weekend. And that sometimes hanging out is going to mean just like studying while they watch TV next to you and just like making it work in those small ways. So I think it's just honestly having those conversations early on and kind of, if your partner isn't in medicine and doesn't know what it's like, just kind of like explaining that because it, kind of is a concept that maybe people haven't encountered otherwise, depending on their profession. But I think the second part that I mentioned, it's also just like one, making it a priority, but two, just being, I guess, creative with how you spend the time. So even if it's just small pockets in your day, or even if sometimes it's FaceTimes or sometimes it's kind of studying together, whatever it may be, Um, but yeah, no, my partner is not in medicine, like at all. He's in the film industry. So completely different, but to our conversation earlier, personally, I think that it's really nice for me to like learn about a new industry and not come home and like come back into the same thing I did all day at work. But I also know a lot of people who are dating people within the medical field and that works really well for them too, because they kind of get that a bit more, but I think it's really more just about both people being understanding and communicating rather than the profession that they do um, to make the relationship work. Yeah. I I never understood how people would like start dating. I don't know if you like got into this relationship while in med school, but I'm like, how the hell do you have time to do that? Or like if someone that's not in like not in medicine, when you first started dating, there's like, I guess, no like expectations or anything, or there's no commitment there yet. So like, how do you get them I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but how do you get them on board? Like, hey, like invest in me. Like I'm going to be there when I can. So like, I never mm-hmm. understood how people jumped into dating or did relationships because obviously relationships are so hard uh, to maintain if you want it to be really good, right? Yeah, no, we, we started dating when I was in medical school, but it was during the period where I was home from school um, for the pandemic. So I think that made it a lot easier because neither of us had anything to do because everything was closed and we weren't seeing other people because we were trying to be very safe. So Mm -hmm. I think that definitely lended its hand to like allowing that relationship to start. And then once things got busier, we had that foundation kind of built in. But I think it's also just find people who want the same things. Like I know some friends, like not really in medicine usually, who are in relationships where they see their partner like five days out of the week. Like even if they don't live together, they see each other very often and that's totally fine and great. And we all want different things. For me, I mean, it it would be great to see him five days a week, but I'm also very happy seeing my partner once or twice on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And he's on the same page with that. I think it's, yeah, I also see relationships where the partner wants to hang out every night, but the person is in residency and they can't do that. And that's kind of where it falters. So I think again, it's, having those more difficult conversations early on and just making sure you're on the same page and not like blind signing them into anything because that just ends up biting you back later. Yeah, totally. Um, before we get into the rapid fires, I just, you touched a little bit on, I guess, mentorship and leaders and how you wish you had someone. 
Is there anyone now that you really looked up to for mentorship, whether that's um, in content creation, you know, just life in general, medicine? Yeah. Like how, how do you seek that mentorship now? I think I definitely, like I mentioned before, I feel like there's a lot more people in medicine or just other professions who are sharing their lives on social media now. And I think you can find this even if you're not a creator yourself, but I think one of the coolest parts of starting my social media um, journey or career, however you want to put it, was connecting with so many other people and making friends from all over the world. Some of them who were in the same stage of me in medical school or a lot that were already in residency when I was in medical school or physicians. And just being able to candidly ask them these questions that like are kind of unspoken, like how did you make your relationship work? Or how do you find the time to like, I see you're working out five days a week, like how are you actually doing this? And kind of finding that reassurance through them has been really helpful. But of course, also meeting other women in medicine through my actual career um, mm-hmm. and finding those mentorships in person as well. But if you open up your your kind of view to people, to physicians all over the world, rather than just in the hospital you work in, you're just more likely to find someone that um, is a bit more similar to you and on that same like trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely met a lot of really incredible mentors through that. Um, but then also, of course, having mentors that aren't in medical school as well, because you don't need to just learn from people who are doing the exact same thing as you. Um, so of course, like women in my family and so on, but yeah, I think we're always learning and keeping an open mind and listening to people who have been through it is so helpful, but also always being attentive to make sure that the advice you're getting really aligns with where you want to be is super important as well. Yeah. Sweet. And have you been a mentor to anyone? I mean, it literally is the best feeling ever when I get a DM saying that like, because of you and your content, like I started prioritizing my wellness and medical school or undergrad or high school, whatever it might be. And my grades got better this semester or this year. Like that is the best feeling. And it's so crazy to think that um, if I can be that for someone I haven't even met, like I, I don't think my head's ever really wrapped around that concept. I don't think you fully really can in these like kind of one-sided relationships, I guess, but also then being able to really get to talking to some of my followers and getting to know them and even making friends through that has been really cool as well. Um, so, I mean, I like to hope so. And even if it's just a few people, it definitely makes it worth it, which really goes back to what I mentioned when, um, I started my page and was struggling with if I should do it or not. Like that was really always the goal. So knowing that I accomplished that is really, really cool. I love that. Okay. Let's get into some rapid fires and we'll just, okay, great. Okay. Um, we talked about birthdays. So what's one of your favorite birthdays that you've had? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I have two that come to mind. They're very different. One was when I was 19 and I was on a trip in Israel with my friends and it wasn't my actual birthday. It was the day before because I couldn't, I was working my actual birthday day, but they surprised me with going horseback riding on the beach and it was so lovely. Um, and then a more recent one was my 23rd birthday in the middle of the pandemic, but there was nothing to do. Everything was closed. My family and friends really made me feel really special despite it. And there wasn't that pressure. Um, so that was really special as well. I love that. Okay. Um, if your life was a movie, what genre would it be? And who would you want to play you? That's a good question. I don't know. Like, I want to say rom-com, not because like romance is the main theme of my movie, but just because like uh, the other the vibes of rom-com movies I feel like are just like uh-huh. what I enjoy watching and hopefully that's what my life is like but I don't know if the main plot line would really be my love life um <laughs> and who would play me 
Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know if I can answer that off the top of my head, but okay. I, I know I'll think about it. Cool. I feel like most people are like, okay, I should pick someone that looks like me. Um, but sometimes I'm like, I want like Beyonce to play me or like, right? black or you know what I mean? They don't have to necessarily look like me. It's like the vibes, you know? Yeah, I know. I mean, the first thing that came to my head was Miley Cyrus and I can't tell you why. I think <laughs> it was just my Hannah Montana obsession when I was 12, just like That's peeking right. through. So maybe that, that's what my brain said, but I started doubting it. Let's go with it. Okay. Um, what's the worst date that you've been on? If you can remember. Um, I feel like I haven't been on a first date in so long. I think it was just like a really awkward coffee date where there was just like nothing to talk about. And the kind of person where like you ask a question and they don't like say, and you, so you're just like, okay, uh, next question. (laughs) And I was just like interviewing this. I'm like, I I need to go, but yeah, maybe that's why I've been on a first date in a while. Fair enough. Okay. Um, what is your ideal morning routine? I feel like it's waking up at like eight o'clock. I feel like that's my sweet spot. Although I don't usually get to do that um making like a coffee or a matcha and like sitting down and like actually drinking it rather than like on the go um and then like slowly making my way to a workout I'm not like an early morning workout girl but like a 10 a.m workout is like uh ideal but that like rarely ever happens but that's not the best morning (laughs) what's your workout of choice um either like pilates or spin usually okay cool um okay two more questions what's the compliment you receive the most I don't know I feel like lately I've been working on my skincare routine and I get calmed on my skin a lot, which makes me really happy. Yeah, that's um, always the best compliment. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So she wants something like you've been working on and you're like, oh, it's paying off. Yeah. But I think my favorite comments are usually things that aren't so physical. Like just yeah. someone says that you make someone feel welcome or are friendly. Like the, those always make my day. So yeah. those are my favorite to receive, but I guess yeah. I need to talk to people more to get them more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And last one, what do you wish people asked you more often? Mm, that's a really good question. I guess I'm just not a huge small talk girl. Like I hate just like awkward small talk conversation. It's not that I don't like talking to new people and meeting new people, but like, I just kind of want to jump into the um, meat of everything. So yeah. I guess just like, I don't know, like ask me like what I think about life and the universe more often when we're just like meeting at a coffee shop rather than just like, oh, how's the weather? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, nothing. I don't have a specific question, but I think yeah. I just um, enjoy other people who also like to kind of skip all that kind of fluff and socially appropriate stuff and just kind of jump into things like, okay, what do you really think about this? Yeah, no, fully. I think I've learned to, that as I've gotten a little bit older, like maybe when I was younger in my 20s, I would just like think that I needed to have those conversations or those kinds of friendships that are a little bit more like surface level. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we need to go deep. I need you to be on the same level or you can't be in my circle. Yeah. Life's too short for surface level conversations. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. It's right before the new year. I'm excited to see what you do with your content and everything. Please do the vlogs on TikTok because <laughs> I'm always watching. I'm like, what if it was like, I'm always like, what is it really like? Is this kind of like Grey's Anatomy, but you make it like super fun and everything. So thanks for coming on. I can't wait to see all the content you put out. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun.